the mission statement is it's all about the beer, but beer's nothing without people. Uh, kind of keeps us connected to the consumer base. And um, we always felt that craft beer should be an affordable luxury. And we always made our beers a little bit higher ABV to put a smile on everybody's face because everybody works hard. And, uh, you know, I, once again, I think it goes back to being consistent. And that was Gary from Berkshire Brewing Company on this week's episode of Brew Roots. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Brew Roots, where we tell the stories behind your favorite craft beverages. My name's Matt, and joined with me, as always, is my beautiful co-host, Sound Guy Ryan. Nice. Erica is taking care of her dog, so she ain't here right now. The dog needs some shots, you know, the huge. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun these last couple weeks because we went out to Western Mass two weeks ago. And again, if you've listened to our episode with two weeks notice last week, uh, you'll know that we have a soft spot now for Western Mass. We do. I've always had a little soft spot, but now it's for real. Now I really, really like it out there. There's a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of good beer, a lot of of nice people. And we kind of have one of the OG breweries in that area this week, which was amazing. Yeah, that day was weird. Yes, it was weird. It was a weird day. I I just want to give a shout out to the staff at Berkshire. Yeah, they were dealing with some like crazy stuff going on, and I'm not going to get into the details of it. But like, they totally did not need to do that interview that the day that we went there, and the fact that they took the time out to spend with us and like, they literally rolled out the red carpet. Um, is amazing, and like. It was at no fault of anyone's, not our booking, not their booking. It was just a bad situation that occurred. Yes. And that's all we're going to say. But good on Berkshire for being, like, fucking amazing. Yeah. That is Gary and and everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was great. Yeah. And shout out to, like, everyone on that trip. (laughs) Like, if you are listening, you will know the woes that we went through the Brewers podcast. Yeah, no, so, like, our first interview had to get rescheduled. Yeah. And, you know, where we are in the North Shore, right, like, it's at least a two-hour drive out there. So, like, we were 45 minutes, 30 minutes away, and we're like, oh, we get an email. We have to reschedule. We're like, oh, okay, well. And we literally messaged another brewery, which we're not going to tell you which brewery. No. Because we want to hype out how amazing this was as well in our episode. But But that brewery said yes. In like 15 minutes. Yeah. And then we went to Berkshire and then we went to another brewery after that. That's right. And we had some really funny car sounds uh, from Erica's car. Um, Let's see. Guitar Center in Springfield didn't have any headphones. Not a single pair of headphones in stock except for a pair that cost $200. And I said, "Uh -uh." uh-uh. And then uh, Dunkin' Donuts didn't have any croissants that day. Yeah. It was was a shit show. But... I think we recorded some of the best episodes that we've yes, done. Agreed. Um, so huge shout out to Berkshire and all the other breweries that we visited that day. And uh, I can't wait to make our way out there again because there's so many that we just haven't hit at this point. And uh, if you're out there in podcast land listening and you're looking for something to do this weekend, don't go to Salem because they're shut down. And we're going to get into that in a section second. But go to... Uh, Go to uh, Western Mass. Yeah, absolutely. Like social distance, and they're they're taking it really seriously. But in other news, uh, some of our favorite breweries are um, taking things a little bit more serious. So Notch in Salem, they're closing their beer garden from the 23rd. To November 1st. To November 1st, because if you grew up across the country, you know that Salem is like the birthplace of Halloween or whatever they call it. They like to pretend to be. Yeah, and uh, 
we've seen videos, and I'm sure you've seen videos if you're around here, just people being very careless. Um, and local breweries are already struggling and all of that stuff. You know, this is kind of government. This is this is mandated by the city of Salem as well. But um, our friends over at Notch, they're doing the right thing. They're shutting down operations for beer garden only. So if you want to do a mobile order or if you want to get things actually delivered by UPS right now, you can. Uh, which is pretty cool. Which is crazy. I would never think... 2020, who thought that we could get yeah. beer delivered to our house? It's the only good thing that came out of 2020 right now. I hope that remains. But I, I also... Um, yeah, I think that's a, a good call. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we got that going on. And then the Mass Brew Bros uh, and us, we posted uh, some exciting news uh, from a brewery out in Worcester, Redemption Rock. Yeah. And they're in good company with, like, two other amazing breweries. And yeah. So they just got certified uh, to be a B Corp corporation. Yep. Um, and if you listen back to our Alchemist episode, and I think we might have touched on it a little bit during our Alchemist. Allagash episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but basically it means like they're self-efficient, like they're very eco-friendly. Um, they give benefits to their employees and a whole list of other stuff. Um, so definitely check out the Mass Brew Bros post about that. Yeah. Um, they list a few things. And that gives a great link to actually Redemption Rock's website and and our mm-hmm. friend uh, Danny wrote the article on their website, and it's it's very well written, and it explains exactly what a certified B organization is. Um, we could explain it, but I don't think we would do it as good of justice as our yeah. friends over at Redemption Rock yep. did. So congratulations to them. They are the first Massachusetts brewery. Um, Alchemist, as we mentioned, in Vermont, who we interviewed, and Allagash in Maine, who we also interviewed, are the other ones in New England, and first um, one in Worcester. Yeah. As a whole, which is like, Worcester's pretty big. Yeah. So good on them. Yeah. And, and, and it's not easy. Like, this is no knock whatsoever against Redemption Rock, but they are not as big as no. as Alchemist and and Al- Allagash. Yeah. They're, and they're, they will admit that. They know yeah. that it's not. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're not nearly the same size. The space that we record in is probably almost as, as big yeah. as, their, as their brewery. and. Yep. They're making amazing beer. And their story, like, if you go back and listen to the episode, you know how good of people they are. Yeah. So, And again, like, being becoming a B Corp is not easy because no. it costs a lot of money. Yeah, and they, like, rate it. you. And they, it's, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard work. Yeah, it's, like, being certified for, like, um, when you're a university. Like, you get these, you know, yearly or every Ratings, five, yeah. ten years. Like, we have these people come into the school and they're making sure that you're whatever... It's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so cr- another congratulations to them. Huge, huge congratulations. Um, this week I've just been drinking, like, my beer fridge. I haven't gotten any new beers. Um, Good yeah. on you. I, I just, I have way too much beer. Um, um, you know, power to you, man. I, I was not that um, careful this, this past weekend. Um, I ended up picking up quite a few beers um i hit back up sylvaticus um and i got a why not as a crawler to go cool. um, i've been why not craving yeah why not no it's just a great great beer um i did go to true north i didn't take anything home but i tried their seltzer yeah yeah it was a peach seltzer it's pretty good it, it was a little peach, what an ambitious flavor uh, yeah it was a little undercarbed for my taste but it, it was great yeah yeah um but some beers that i've um, I took home, uh, let's see, I definitely had Laser Kitten 
uh, from Medusa. Cool. Uh, it was like their lower ABV version of Laser Cat. Yeah. Right? That yep. makes sense. Um, Diner Car from Wormtown, their their newest uh, double IPA. That that was really good. I was very shocked. Um, and then like right now I'm drinking uh, a Rockport uh, beer, Twin Lights. It's one of their newer ones that uh, at least Georgetown Liquors is starting to carry. Um, and then... Another thing I picked up was a year with Doctor Nadu. Oh from yeah, Aeronaut. Aeronaut. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, other than that, just like a couple rando beers yeah. I've had in the sit in the back of the fridge. But yeah, so good beers. A couple of weeks ago, yeah, that beer's really good. A couple of weeks ago, I went up to uh, Woodland Farm Brewery in Kittery, Maine, and it's right next to Definitive, uh, Definitive, which I'm wearing their shirt. Right yeah, now. that's why I said it. Yeah. Um, and I got their Cerveza El Medico. So How was it? It's gone. No, well, that means it, it's probably it's, good. It's their Mexican style lager, and Excellent. it's very good. Um, and that's a cool little brewery. So yeah, that's Great. what I've been drinking. I drank their four pack this weekend. Uh, finishing the last one right now. Um, I made cider, so I've, I've been making cider. Yeah, at home. Yeah, so I hit the I hit the expected um, alcohol content of it. Oh, that's so, good. You yeah, think the five, gravity. Gravity yeah, is yeah, good. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, so. I was very pleased with that, and it's got a good flavor. Excellent. Shout, shout out to Cider Hill for supplying the the, uh, the cider. The you had to get, like, what, unpasteurized? Unpasteurized cider, yeah. yeah. Yep. And then I'm uh, flavoring it with, like, this mulling mix, which is... Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, which is going to be great. Cinnamon, nutmeg, mm-hmm. uh, not too much, orange peel. No, 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 just subtle, I hope. Good. Yeah, I hope. Well, let's, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. You never know until, I guess, you flavor, but yeah. I put a little bit in, and we'll flavor more as needed, if needed. If needed. Yeah, but uh, we have an awesome episode for you. This is a really cool one. This was awesome. Yeah, I was like, as we're recording, I was just like, holy shit, how did we get so lucky? Yeah. Um, yeah, how did we get so lucky? Yeah. You know, it, it's Gary, you know, he's he's, he's seen a man. lot of shit. He's, he's seen a lot of shit, right? Um, let's see. They just celebrated their 25th anniversary, so they're going on 26. Um and you know it's really cool interviewing the smaller brewery, the the newer brewery, but it's also like a completely different point of view when you interview someone who's been around and functioning, operating oh, as a yeah. brewery for that long, because yeah. you you really get to see, you know, the test of time and how they've had to you know change, um, what they've seen. It was um, just like it's just a great conversation about a whole bunch of things. Oh yeah, and I mean their brewery. You know, Massive. they've been using a lot of the same brewing techniques yeah. and, and equipment since they started. And yep. that's just a testament of what they're doing and doing well. Yeah. Um, making it extremely good beer. And I was educated during this episode. I've been guilty of saying liquid. And I think yep. I think that um, minimizes the, the product that we talk about, which is beer. Yes. And to say liquid almost is like... An inferior product to what they're making. Yeah, no, I I get that way. When he when he said that, I I, I like, never oh, thought of it that way. Yeah. I was like, thank you for proverbially slapping me. I yes. needed that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, without further ado, we're gonna take it away to our episode with our new friends Gary Gary from Berkshire Brewing Company out in Western Massachusetts. Cheers, cheers. All right, we're here in lovely western mass and we're here during the perfect time of the year because the trees are beautiful and every time we come out here it's just a, a every 
individual that we talked to is, is like the salt of the earth. Nice people and great beer. Uh, Western Mass, in my opinion, is kicking ass. Yeah, kicking ass is a good way to do it. <laughs> and we're here to spread the good word because I think a lot of times in Massachusetts, this area of the state isn't as well represented. And uh, some of the best beer is coming out of this area, in my opinion. Yeah, we've definitely discovered that not only today, but on our other trips out here. Yeah, and for sure. We are here with one of the original 500 breweries back when this started. There was 500 breweries when this institution of a, of a brewery started in 1994. Um, and we're here with Gary Bogoff from uh, Berkshire Brewing Company. How are you? I'm well. How are yeah, you? Good. Thank you for doing this today. Uh, we really appreciate you taking some time out of the day and uh, doing it. I know things are stressful with every brewery with you know the covid regulations going on so we appreciate you doing that and uh awesome operation here like we got our temperature taken and like i feel super oh, yeah. safe so yeah no, i definitely. appreciate you guys for like for taking it to that level and uh so we start every podcast by asking our guests um their role at the brewery which people who are listening put should probably know your role already at the <laughs> but brewery. if they don't um, please remind them and uh your first memory of beer well, um, basically, I, I am the owner of the company, but I still wear a lot of hats, and uh, they haven't let me brew for a couple of years, but I'm still <laughs> fixing things that go bad. Yep. So uh, I'm pretty involved in all aspects of, of what's going on, and I, I have to compliment my team. Uh, I've got the best group of people that I've ever worked with in my life here at the brewery, uh, and we're just under 50 people. So... Uh, it's quite a, an operation, to yeah. say the least. Sure. Um, I guess my, my first memory of beer is when my dad gave me my first beer, and that was back in 1968. And uh, we had been working outside together, and we got done doing the job we were doing, and he pulled me aside and offered me my first beer, which was a Budweiser. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> it's not the Budweiser that they're making now. <laughs> Uh, and it was really, um, that's the Montrealer. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just can't yeah, win yeah, today. Yeah. Yeah, no. And that's why we call it Steel Rail, baby. Yeah, I was going to say, it makes sense. It makes sense now. Uh, at any rate, he brought out a, a can of Budweiser, and we cracked it, and I smelled it, and I tasted it, and I really enjoyed it. And, oh, uh, really? Wow. That is like That's the like first, a first time we've heard that yeah. you know classic lawnmower with their dad's story, because everyone's like, it was the worst shit I've ever tasted. But, well, uh, um, you know, there's no such thing as bad beer. It's just some is better than others, and there's yeah. no such thing as a bad free beer. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, you know. When there's nothing, be grateful. Yeah. Uh, but it had a lot of great uh, beechwood flavor in it back then. It had a huh. really nice malt overtone to it. Uh, you know, I, I obviously I didn't know anything about beer, right, but right. you know, my recollection is that there there was a lot going on. Wow, a bit different and, than uh, today's Budweiser, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, over the years, you've seen it with a lot of even the bigger craft breweries is, uh, I don't want to use the term dumbed down, but I think they try to make their beers mass marketable so mm -hmm. that they're yeah. not offensive to anyone. Right. And in doing that, I think a lot of times they lose the edge that they had that made them what they were. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. 
obviously 1968, having your first beer, was that a formative moment in your life that you said, I want to be in the beer industry for the rest of my life? Or what was the, what no, was the original plan? I mean, I started the brewery at 40, and if you had asked me at 39, I would have laughed and said, come on, let's have another beer. Uh, nice. it, it, it's funny how life, you know, moves you in certain directions. Because of my dad, though, I, I have I became a beer enthusiast, and uh, I was allowed to drink at 18. That was when the Vietnam War and everything was going on. So he always had, like, different things in the house. So whenever I went to the package store, I was looking for something that I had never had before. Cool. So I uh, really, you know, Yingling was back in the day. Yep. And, uh, you know, they had their Chesterfield Ale and their black and tan and yeah. uh, these were all you know great different beers i mean the only craft beer so to speak that was around was anchor in uh, sierra nevada yeah so, a lot of imports yeah yeah you mentioned starting the brewery you would have laughed at yourself at 39 from 39 before what did you do what was here well i i had been a contractor most of my life and uh my last few years prior to the brewery is I was working in a small town as their highway superintendent and uh, I was having fun but I didn't realize that the job was very political and that it was an employee at will. I served at the, uh, the benevolence of the select board and uh, I've always worked for myself and when I started that job there wasn't a job description so I wasn't going <laughs> to have my neighbors see me leaning on a shovel which is... Uh, you know, the oxymoron of public worker. Right. So uh, I got into it deep and started doing things, and I actually uh, upset a lot of people because I brought our town from the 50s into the, the <laughs> 90s, uh, which it sorely needed to be, and I could see that the handwriting was on the wall and that I wasn't going to be reappointed. Oh, and uh, I met my partner, who was also a home brewer at the time, and his ambition was to open up a brew pub. And mm -hmm. I met him and said, well, you know, if you're looking for somebody to help, let's go. Yeah. So uh, we started brewing a lot of 10-gallon all-grain uh, batches. And uh, our friends really encouraged us to, to go for it. And uh, we started researching the, the brew pub idea. and after a couple of weeks of researching, we realized that uh, the restaurant business had the highest failure rate of any industry <laughs> in the world, and neither one of us had ever been in the restaurant business. Uh, so we looked at each other and said, Let, let's go for beer, yeah. and uh, yeah. hence we, we started off. Yeah. What was um, homebrewing like back then? I mean, it must be completely different than it is now. Uh, it you know it had been it had been through an evolution from uh, you know okay. everybody buying an old a can of Pabst Blue Ribbon syrup and yep. <laughs> mixing it up in the bathtub to where Greg Noonan who was a, a great friend of ours uh, wrote the the Bible on, right. on brewing and uh, you know sticking with what Greg told everybody to do you know we just kind of went off from there and. Uh, we, we were all about, I mean, all about quality and cleanliness in our beers yeah. um, from the very beginning. That's pretty huge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to this very day, Steel Rail, to me, tastes like it did back in 94. And that's great. Consistency. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's what it's all about. I think uh, 
it when we started, it, it was kind of hit or miss with a lot of the craft guys. You know, one batch would be really good, and the next batch wasn't what you had bought the, yeah, uh, the time before. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, we we really made it our passion to uh, to to keep things consistent. You've certainly stood the test of time with that motto, though. So. I'm well, sure. Well, I hope so. I mean, uh, I'm I'm a little kind of disappointed that America has got IPA on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> when, when it's the, tough. Don't worry, we are it's too. It's tough. You know, there, there, there's you know when we started, the 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 guys and gals who were into craft were about trying to replicate some of the great beers from around the world. And when anybody did that, we were all so complimentary to one another because to to achieve that was was really a, a goal and, and a, a, a hurdle to, to go over. And, uh, you know, we do about 25, 30 different beers, but sometimes I can't give away Scotch Ale to save my life. <laughs> I mean, it's one of my favorite uh, yeah. styles, but um, I'm, I don't know if, if there's kind of a void of um, the, the populace and the consumers really kind of getting into what is beer as a whole, mm. and they're kind of been shanghai to uh, you know, if it's not cloudy, if it's not <laughs> right. wicked hoppy, then right. it, it's no good. Maybe the and education the, isn't there or something for yeah. them. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are told when they want to open a brewery in 2020 that you're crazy, you're out of your mind. Why would you do something like that? In 1994, when there's 10 breweries <laughs> in Massachusetts, um, did you hear the same sentiment, or was that that's that's a huge risk? The the beer market was domestic, right? It was, and people were saying that we were crazy, and and but we all knew it. Yeah, you, know, we, <laughs> you we embrace all, the crazy, right? We were we were doing something that hadn't been done. You know, America beer had been controlled by the big three for God knows how forever, mm -hmm. and uh, to kind of sneak in the back door, and you know, you know, back then we were a farmer brewer. We had a little seven barrel system, and cute. Uh, <laughs> Well, we, we built it ourselves. It, yeah. it was a giant home brew system. I mean, nice. you, you, there weren't 50 different fabricators. There to weren't go any to. Uh, buttons to push. No, no. Stop. So, uh, you know, we, we, we were very proud. Uh, we, we brewed on the seven barrel system from 94 to 2000. Wow. In the last year, we did over 6,000 barrels oh on gosh. a seven barrel system. That's and, crazy. And I see what guys are doing now, you know, with a little tap room and yeah. stuff, and they're going out and spending a gazillion dollars and mm -hmm. you know I'm, I'm it's like it's a whole different time it's a different world yeah. for sure now. so some of the breweries that were in existence in 94 when you started how many of those are around today uh in massachusetts in mass um well there's mass bay and there's uh good old mr cook mm -hmm. Um, Big fan of the podcast, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's ever listened to an episode. <laughs> uh, Northampton Brewery, who I have a lot of respect for. They're still making killer beer. Um, there was... Who else is around? Uh, Maybe in different Wachusa. entities. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I, th I think that's about it. Yeah. Who were there at in 94. Yeah. So. Those five or six that you just rattled off, what made you guys successful to stand the test of time versus the other four and the ones that followed that opened and closed in the 90s and the 2000s? Uh, I, I think it was, uh, you know, our biggest competition has always been ourself. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we really can't worry about what the guy next door is doing. Uh, and, and the fact that, you know, the mission statement is it's all about the beer, but beer's nothing without people. Uh, kind of keeps us connected to the consumer base. And um, we always felt that craft beer should be an affordable luxury. And we always made our beers a little bit higher ABV to put a smile on everybody's face because <laughs> everybody works hard. And, uh, you know, I, once again, I think it goes back to being consistent. When you, we're, we're getting through the 90s and into the early 2000s, uh, and craft beer isn't taking off. There's iterations of, of booms and so on and so forth. And then you get to around... 2010, 2011, 2012, and then you see people getting into the West Coast IPAs and getting into the IPAs, the hoppier beers. Um, did that kind of force your hand to go in those styles for a little while, or did you kind of just stay with that direction that had worked for, at that point, almost you know 16 years? Well, well, we did, but we we saw that we that there was a swell coming on, and and we knew that we had to be part of it. Um, and we approached it with the same uh, concept that we have with all of our other beers. You know, it's like if we can't drink it, nobody else is going to drink it. If (laughs) we don't like it, nobody else is going to like it. So we we really, we started off with In Hop Nito as our first uh, American IPA. And uh, at the time, we had like six brewers. <clears throat> and everybody had a part of the, the project, and we had, you know, five or six iterations of, of what the spear should be, and finally it came to fruition, and the guys brought me out to the tap room, and they said, here, this is what we're all about, and we think you're going to like this, and they handed me the spear, and I looked at them, and the first thing out of my mouth was, why is this beer so cloudy? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> And, and they that's all great. looked at me and they said, because that's what everybody's doing now. And I said, that's because they don't know how to make clear beer. <laughs> then, then they wanted to punch me. So at that point, I just sucked it up and yep. had a couple pints yep. and said, okay, this is the new wave. This is where we're going. That's mm-hmm. too funny. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, we've been building on it. Uh, from there, I'm very fortunate that my son is our head brewer now, and he knows how to kick my butt. That's, and, uh, that's cool. He, he's, he's coming out with, with uh, I see years is gone already. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with, with some interesting uh, styles. Uh, you yeah. know, the, the New England thing seems to be what's on top right now, and uh, we've done a couple of uh, varieties of, of the easy, like uh, one using Citra Hops, the other using Mosaic. And then these are all big beers at like 8% or plus. So uh, he did what's called Easy Light, uh, yeah. which is a 4.2%, but has that same hop character to it. A bit more easy drinking. Yes. Yeah. yeah a yeah. few more maybe. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. so, so seeing the hazy, cloudy beer back then and now where it's at was that a trend that you were certain was gonna die real quick or were you surprised that it's held on as long as it has Uh, (laughs) you know there's a lot of brewers out there that are listening to this so uh i'm gonna keep my uh (laughs) that's fine that's fine i don't want to incriminate myself or anybody else but uh you you know when we started back in 94 steel rail was our flagship beer and and it, it 
it, it's a, a classic extra pale ale mm -hmm. or cream ale. And when we first started making steel rail, you could walk into any bar and you knew exactly what it was because at first it looked like milk. And yeah. we slowly uh, perfected our process and, and we didn't uh, have a centrifuge and we didn't do any filtration. It was all cold crashing and taking the time and dumping a lot of cloudy beer down the drain wow. until everything ran clear. But it got to the point where you couldn't tell the difference between it and Budweiser. And yeah. and, I, and every time we got it a little bit clearer, to me it tasted a little bit better. Yeah. And, and the presentation I thought was, was much nicer. Uh, and then for it to literally go to 180, <laughs> I, I honestly, I mean, there, oh, there's so many crazy. stories that I've heard of guys opening up breweries who've never brewed before. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, everybody's got to make a living. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. But, yeah. Before we get too much into the present day of Berkshire Brewing, I want to just take a quick second to go to our sponsors. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers! Cheers. Our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BREWROOTS for 10% off your online order today. Shirks on Tap is the box subscription service where you can get some of the dopest brewery t-shirts out there. I'm talking breweries from Dallas, San Diego, and even our home area of New England. And you might ask, how do I get my hands on some? Well, we're here to help you out. By using our promo code, BREWROOTS, you can get your first box for $5. Tell me where you can get a t-shirt for $5. Oh wait, you can't. But you can today by going over to shirtsontap.com and using our promo code BREWROOTS, you get your first box for $5. Remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. So it's safe to say the Berkshire Brewing of 1994 looks a lot different than the 2020 version. Well, everything looks different in 2020 right now, but... <laughs> I think we get what, what I'm going for. Um, you guys have adapted, and that's what's brilliant about your business is that you've been able to see these trends and 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 what's next. I mean, you've been through a number of years. What do you think's next for the brewing industry? Well, uh, you know, the COVID thing isn't making it any easier. That's, that's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. And uh, I kind of see it. Honestly, is there's like three segments of, of beer right now. You've got the big guys that are too big to fail. And then you've got the little guys who kind of, their overhead is so manageable that, you know, if they sell their pints between Friday and Sunday or Monday or whatever, uh, they can cover their costs because they're, 
you know they're they're so small yeah and yeah. And, the, and that's the the economy that they're of scale that they're they're working for and then we found ourselves kind of like we're the guys out in the middle of the battlefield with no cover <laughs> you know and uh the the little guys are are kind of you know don't get me wrong i i think the the advent of all these breweries is wonderful, and I think it's a beer drinker's paradise right now. For sure. Uh, but we're, we kind of designed ourselves where we were setting out to do kind of a commercial, you know, we've gotten to the scale where um, just selling pints isn't going to be enough for us. So we're, we're dealing with what is going to go out in the economy here in the next year, year and a half, two years. I mean, Honestly, I, I'm scared and feel terrible for the bar owners. They've been closed now for over seven months. Yeah. Uh, they still have their overhead that they need to deal with. I mean, how do you open up your company after you're down for, you know, yeah. it looks like it's going to be for a while longer. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're, you know, looking to do different things. Uh, we're trying to expand into a few more states. We're, we're in all of New England now. Okay. Um, we, we'd like to see if we could enter the state of New York, uh, which is a country unto itself. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're working a lot of, a lot of angles to, to keep this going. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of people on the payroll. For sure. So yep. we, we got to move some product. For sure. But we, we want it to be, you know, stuff that people like, that people will come back to. Yeah. Right. And you're canning just about everything now, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Nice. Why do people continuously choose Berkshire? You mentioned the consistency. and But in 2020, when there's 50 other beers on the on the shelf? Well, I, I think it's more like there's a certain segment of people that just want a different beer every time they drink a beer. Yeah. Um, you know, they go mm -hmm. into a bar and they go, uh, or used to be anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, even the package store. Yeah. You know, they, they've got 20 taps and they go, well, I, I can't drink here because I've had them all. <laughs> and I, I want to go somewhere where they've got something new. Mm -hmm. So we're up against that. Um, I, I think we're, we're a good standby. Um, you know, but there's so much good beer out there and that the variety for people to choose from is just pretty overwhelming yeah. i was saying before um i absolutely love the porter and that's always one of my go-tos my bar i'm like i don't know what else is on tap but i know this beer's on tap i know it's really good yeah always yeah so i think you definitely have that going for you people recognize that brand and they know it's going to be good you know so thank you yeah 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 um we mentioned steel rail it's kind of your staple. Is that still the flagship for you guys? It, it's our flagship, and it's still our biggest beer when it comes to production. It's uh, about 50% of what we do. And, we, and like I said, we do about 25, 30 beers uh, a year. Um, yeah. You know, we're, the coffee porter is another big hitter for us. People really mm -hmm. love that. Uh, our amber is starting to make a comeback when we changed That's the name fun. from uh <laughs> it, it, you know back in 94 everybody had a pale ale but they were yeah. all english style pales mm -hmm. that were that mm -hmm. you know nice copper uh amber color to them and uh over the years people have kind of become accustomed to sierra nevada pale which is really an extra pale yeah. by color 
and people were saying, this beer is not a pale ale. So we went, <laughs> okay, what are we going to do about right, that? Right. So we basically rebranded and called it an amber, and now people are going, oh, okay. yeah, it's an amber. So, huh, you know. that's so funny. I just changed the name, and all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you guys doing? I saw in the. I went to the restroom here, believe it or not, and I saw there that you guys offer a seltzer option. That's not a seltzer option that you guys are brewing, is it? No, we're uh, actually uh, we we've self distributed from the very beginning. And still, you're self distributing. Still, that's yeah. awesome. Congratulations, nice. that's cool. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Because yeah. you're all over the state, so you're driving. We we are. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're there. We're everywhere at least once yep. a week, and. Uh, we're working with uh, the fellows from Hog Island who designed okay. this. It's a CBD seltzer. Oh, wow. And uh, we're distributing for them as well. Very so cool. we, we have a nice small portfolio of other craft beers as well as uh, cider and mead and spirits, yeah. things of that nature. I like nice. the tagline, seltzer of the highest quality. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a pretty funny tagline. But It's a great plan. Um, how do you feel about seltzer? I mean... You see a lot of breweries making their own seltzers. Uh, is that something that you ever envisioned a brewery making in 1994? <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I, I never did. Um, nor did I think that we would be consciously producing cloudy beer. So, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, some things have changed. Yep. Um, I've had a couple of them. I, I'm a big regular seltzer drinker myself. Okay. Same. Same. Uh, All right. So, you know, I, I'm into it. But, uh, you know... I, I am a solid beer guy. I, I yeah. mean, I don't need any gimmicks. I'm not looking for anything. Uh, I, I just want a good, solid, clean beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I to be able to drink more than one is always great. To want to come back to, <laughs> uh, you know, I remember my first time drinking uh, Anchor um, Liberty, and my God, it was the biggest treat of my life uh, at the time. Yeah. And uh, you know that that's. I, I think beer should be exciting and, um, yeah, know, enjoyable. Definitely. For sure. What other beers have kind of stood out for you like that? Well, when uh, Harpoon first came out with their IPA, uh, Todd Mott Todd, was the yeah, brewer, was yeah. Say, and yeah. uh, that beer was just divine. Nice. Yeah. Uh, at the time. Yeah. And, it's funny when we yeah. interviewed Todd. He had. Some choice words to say about the current product versus his product. So. Well, yeah, and he certainly has every right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, um, Donnie down at, at uh, Northampton does a great job with all his stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 you shouldn't have to overthink it. Oh, you know? no, definitely I, I not. Mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, there's, there, there's a bunch of good beer out of course, there. Of course. Of sure. course. Yeah. You mentioned... When you first started, there was 500 breweries in the United States, and you guys all knew each other. Pretty much. Now there's, what, 225 breweries in Massachusetts alone. alone. And yeah. You might Thousands. know of the brewery, <laughs> but you don't inherently know each other. Was that your way of bouncing ideas off of people back in, you know, 94, 92, 93 when you were starting, you know, like... Because you didn't have the internet to look up, you know, uh, what fr- what what temperature <laughs> should I be fermenting at? Um, so you had to do things by trial and error, where today this generation is learning by the internet, YouTube, maybe some books, and some people are just throwing a lot of money at things <laughs> and trying to figure it out, too. Well, back then, you know, I could call up Todd, or he could call us up, or we could call Greg Noonan, 
or we could call, you know, the guys from Harpoon. Um, it, it was a tight world. I mean, one year we put an addition on, and we didn't have the ability to wash our kegs, and we filled oh, no. up a, a huge <laughs> truck and went down to Mass Bay at Harpoon, and, and they they washed them and shrink wrapped them and loaded them back up. I mean, you <sighs> Best know, guys ever. <laughs> uh, that that's the way it used to be, yeah. you know, and, and I, I, I I try to keep that going, but I, I just don't don't see the community that it used to be. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, we've had four or five people actually work here for many years and then move on and open up their own uh, their own facilities. So I don't know if you spoke with Lawrence up at uh, Brick and Feather. I've talked to him multiple yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. Or, Have you uh, had to nail a time down? <laughs> He's on the list. <laughs> Maureen at Craft Roots. Oh, yeah, We've yeah, talked yeah, we to her. Maureen, yep. She's great. She's awesome. She's, we love she's her. She's the absolute best. Yes. And let me tell you, yep. when she came on board, my guys, I thought we're going to have a revolution. <laughs> and she turned them all into men. I love Ooh. it. Yeah. Because, I love uh, it. She's one of our favorites. Yeah. Our episode with her is yeah. great. She's a very special person. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, and then, I don't know, Jared uh, Cena up here in Worthington is opening up a small uh, wood-type experimental okay. brewery. Yep. Uh, he's doing well. And uh, there are a couple others. but Yeah. yeah. That's really yeah. cool that you're able cool. to kind of do that. Yeah. Yeah, and we encourage them. I mean, yeah, you know, it's really about the community and, yeah. and keeping good beer going. And exactly, you kind of lit up earlier when you mentioned that your your son is the head brewer here. Um, did you train him, or did he cut his teeth somewhere else? Uh, no, he learned it all here. Cool. Uh, we threw him out in sales for a couple of years so he could get the the real taste of what's right, going right. on then he came into paradise and uh he's been brewing now for about six years oh yeah. wow and, that's awesome uh, he, he's got a great crew uh backing him up and together they're all they all work together and they've come out with some great ideas yeah was it kind of special to teach him the art that you've been doing for years or uh, well, I noticed that as we got bigger and I got farther away from the everyday operation that certain things changed and every once in a while I go out and go, how come we don't do this anymore? And they go, do what? <laughs> oh, jeez. And so, yep, uh, yep. you know, it, 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 it's still pretty much the same uh, yeah. as it always was. But, uh, you know, everybody's got their own little flare in their yeah. own twist so right right before we get into i'm going to ask you a question of do you miss brewing i just want to give one opportunity to, for our sponsors real quick and then we're going to go right back to the interview take it away are you a solo artist band podcaster or anyone else who needs recording services well we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. 
There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. So before the break, I, w- I wanted to know, do you still have the bug to go out and brew on the brew deck, or is that something? I, I do. Um, the beautiful thing about our brew deck is it's uh, more manual than it is automated, and I have to say that it's not as easy for me as it used to be. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, you know, to, to smell the mash, to uh, smell boil break, to get that addition of hops i mean all those things are still pleasant to me oh for sure and if if we don't smell beer here at the brewery we we're all in panic (laughs) yeah you know we we brew uh right now at least four days a week and and we're brewing anywhere from three to four batches a day wow holy cow so long days yeah yeah we've got a a farmer brewer traditional real farmer (laughs) brewer uh who comes in at about 4.30 and, and gets things fired up for us. Yep. And then we've got a late crew that winds things down. Wow. So, How big is your uh, system here? We have a 20. A 20? Yeah, we, we can, depending upon what we're brewing, we can squeak 25 out of it. Yeah. But uh, our big beers are definitely 20. Yeah. And you're producing a lot of liquid. You know, that word just bothers me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, Let's, we, Let's get that. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, you know, funny story is I, I was doing a sales meeting in front of our distributors up in uh, New Hampshire, and they're sitting there, and they're talking about boxes and liquid, and then it got to be my turn, and I stood up, and I said, the first thing I want you to know is I don't make liquid, I make beer. <laughs> That's out of respect the way I want you to talk about our product. Everybody else can be liquid, but we're beer. Let me rephrase it. (laughs) You produce a lot of beer. We we do. For a relatively small system. We do. Um, Just hard work, four days a week. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, prior to the pandemic, we were, you know, brewing on Fridays as well. Wow. it, what we all like about what we're doing with a small system is that it, we know everything is fresh. And, yeah. and that's, that's for sure. Really, what we're uh, trying to do keep it, you know, it, it's easy to produce. Yeah. It's hard to, to get rid of it. You know, that, that's sure. the competition. Yeah. So, you're talking about keeping it fresh now. You self distribute. So, how do you have that quality control when you're all the way through New England? You know, you can't always just go to that place and be like, hey, that beer isn't in the fridge. What are you doing? You know? Well, the thing about beer in the fridge is a long time gone. You know, yeah. As soon as everybody went to cans, the, yeah. the whole conceptual thing about cans is that you can sit them in the front window at 120 degrees <laughs> and it'll be fine. Um, but, you know, we got away with murder for a long time when we were just doing bombers and growlers. Yeah. And, uh, we got a lot of cold space for, for a lot of years, but that, you know, you can't expect the package store who's dealing with 8,500 breweries, mm-hmm. and every brewery's doing a half a dozen beers to, you know, the whole thing needs to be refrigerated. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, 
that's kind of where that's at. New yeah. concept, the walk-in. That's going to be the new packy store. It's just one giant walk-in. Yeah. <laughs> you also mentioned fresh. Was it easier to get better ingredients when you first started, or the ingredients far surpass what you were brewing with in the past? Oh, uh, that's an interesting um, question. Uh, you know, when earlier I said it's all about consistency, so when we found a, a formula, a recipe, that's what we stuck with. It didn't matter whose malt was five cents more or less this year. I mean, we never, we, we don't allow ourselves to shop. Um, and, and we yeah. stick with our same suppliers as years have gone by. And, you know, we, we've got a nice little hop farm up north here, but they, they can't come close to even producing what we need for for the volume of hops that we are using yeah four star mm -hmm. farm four star yeah, yeah. They're, they're great people oh excellent yeah. yeah and uh we uh you know we we've, we've done a couple of like wet hop beers from them and uh if we're doing a specialty or something we'll, we'll that's cool up, yeah but, yeah uh you know we we we're still, we're probably one of the last few breweries that are using whole flowers in the country. Really? And, uh, wow. You know, we get our hops delivered in 200-pound bales. And for Steel Rail, the hop that we use in there, we, we more than 4,000 pounds a year. Oof. So, you know, nobody around here can... No. Yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know if yeah. you guys have ever been out to... Yakima. Yeah, no, no, no. It's on the or, list. Yeah. <laughs> or go up to Calgary for the barley harvest. And, mm -hmm. you know, a small family farm up there, 6,000 acres. jeez. So, uh, yeah. so why still use whole cone, the whole flower? Why not go to pellets? Be because flowers are just that much more delicate, and they've got more mm -hmm. depth to them. And okay. uh, hops get the crap beat out of them when they go through to the get hammer into that mill. Pellet. Yeah, they, yeah, they all get heated up. They lose all the delicate stuff, and it's pretty. I mean, my my feeling about pellets is it's it's great for bittering. You know, yes. it's a lot easier right. to use. But when it comes to putting a finish on your your beer, mm -hmm. uh, you can't beat flowers. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. How does Massachusetts stack up in the country as rating in in your opinion of beer states? Do you think we're one of the better ones? Uh, I, th I think we got a lot of breweries. I, I, you know, honestly, I haven't had a chance to go around and drink any of the new beers. Um, I, uh, you know, there, there's some there's some good stuff out there. There's some interesting things yeah. coming out of there. But uh, my my favorite beer city is uh, Portland, mm. followed by Seattle, followed by Denver. Yeah. Seattle is a great beer city. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what are some plans? Obviously, I'm sure COVID changed some of your business. Um, what is some of the future plans for you guys right now? Well, we're, we're going to continue to experiment. Uh, we've got a, uh, a couple of um, things coming down the pike where we're going to be doing uh, a sour beer rotation. Uh, we're probably going to be doing three or four kettle sours, yep. and we're also going to be doing some crazy IPA stuff <laughs> uh, and see how that works yep, out. Yep. Um, we're also continuing to develop our, our wholesale relationship with, with our vendors, and we're looking for some 
other people if they'd like to come along. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's crazy. I, it's it's awesome just hearing some of your experiences in the industry right now, just and seeing things. And I'm curious, you know, do you have your pulse on what maybe be the next popular style of beer, or do you really even care what the next popular style of beer is? Well, uh, I'm hoping for the the pendulum adage where you <laughs> know what was will come back, <laughs> yep. and that you know. Uh, but it keeps on going weirder and weirder. We're getting <laughs> milkshake IPAs. Right. Well, we keep having this conversation that people are looking for a good pilsner. You right. Know, that, right. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's like just give me a beer I can sit down and drink. Mm-hmm. You know. And, yep. and so we're we've done a pilsner as a seasonal, uh, and we're going to start working that in to be a year-round thing. Oh, nice. But, you know, it, it, as if the pandemic wasn't enough, now there's another can shortage. Yeah. You know, the I mean, CO2 the world... The thing and everything yeah, else. Yeah. Uh, you know, so right now we're we're fairly fortunate. We think we've got enough cans to take us through the first of the year. That's good. Uh, <laughs> but God knows what's going to happen after that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy. <laughs> Maybe we'll go back to bombers. No, I'm just well, kidding. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. We still do a lot of bombers, yeah, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. You know, and uh, we had a can shortage two years ago, too. And we had like three or four summer offerings that, thank God, we had the bombers because they'd still be sitting in tanks. Oh, jeez. Right. Uh, <laughs> so. I want to know, um, what are you drinking at home? Is there a lot of Berkshire beer in your fridge or is there... There is a lot of Berkshire beer in my fridge, yep. but I, I must admit I drink most of my beer at the brewery. You do? Yep. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I see a lot of, um, you know, botanicals, gin. Yeah. Are you a big gin guy? Uh, I am, and uh, that is one of our vendors, Berkshire Mountain Distillers. Oh, and nice. And he uh, is a great crafter of, of gin. Yeah. So uh, those were all his offerings. And he's very colorful. Yes. Yeah, another beautiful. <laughs> uh do you have like a guilty pleasure beer, you know, like one of the domestics or? Um, you know, it really all depends how I feel. The, my favorite beer is usually the one I'm drinking at the time. And, uh, I, you know, I see Todd every now and again and everybody's swapping, you know, everybody leaves. You yeah, the stuff something. he's doing at Tributary is like Unreal. amazing. Yeah, yeah he, he is. Is Woody still? Yeah, his yeah. son. Yeah, so it's so, kind of the same father-son yeah. dynamic yeah. kind of thing. So. Yeah. Well, Todd was head brewer at Mass Bay when we were getting ready to start. And in 93, he let us come down and work for a week with him. Oh, so and, cool. Uh, <laughs> see how the big boys played. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we we cleaned a lot of brewery that, that <laughs> week, but we learned an awful lot. Yeah. That's so cool. I kind of just want to talk about, like, the physical location. There's a lot of empty bottles. There's a lot of history on the walls. Let's, let's talk about... And your tap about, room, too, yeah. is full of just the coolest Every signs. Every sign. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, I'm not a hoarder. What does the sign on your door say? I was just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, we, we've been very fortunate, like the tap room. When we started, believe it or not, we had volunteers come in and help us bottle. That's and so cool. They came in for the better part of 10 years. Yeah. And we had these three retired guys that I lovingly referred to as the three mugs of beer instead of the three musketeers. Yep. And uh, they came in religiously every week and, and helped us out. And since two of them have passed, 
Um, but one of them had that sign collection down in his basement. And I swear, when we went up to, uh, when, and what happened is he, he and his wife moved to a condo at the end of their life and they didn't have room to bring all his signs. So he donated them to us and we went up to his basement and must have had about 40 miles of extension cord oh, and why that place <laughs> never Didn't burned. Burn yeah, down. no burn down. Yeah. <laughs> but we, yeah. we set up the room and named it after him and he got to see it for a couple of years before he passed, which was great. And uh, all this stuff, you know, their new labels, their design labels, their new cans, um, different types of bottles that we've looked at over the years. Uh, yeah. to do things with and I just sort of history don't have the heart to throw them away although uh, I never throw them away <laughs> we're gonna have to build a museum I guess. yeah right exactly yeah. and uh, you know when we started brewing we we used a lot of dairy tanks we kind of followed uh, uh, is it uh, the Sierra Nevada yeah um, model mm -hmm. uh and, and we still have we're still brewing in one of our dairy tanks oh, we, we still have it it's a wow. 14 barrel and we propagate yeast in there and do nice. test batches and things yeah. like that yeah. it's funny you mentioned yeast earlier we were talking to someone and they they mentioned that yeast is the most important part of beer i'm curious what is the most important ingredient in beer in your opinion the brewer okay. all right i like that answer yeah, I, I that's mean, a new one uh, we could all, you know, use the exact same grains, the exact same hops, do the exact same thing in the brew house, and then everybody pitch a different uh, strain of yeast, and, and it'll come out with some different tasting beers, yeah. regardless of the fact that all the rest of the ingredients are the same. So yeast is pretty critical, but water is also uh, an important thing, and we're very fortunate here in Deerfield that we have very soft water. So we can do all kinds of beers from Pilsners all the way up to yeah. Burton yeah. on Trent. Yeah. I noticed that you guys have a vent outside for your spent grain, I'm assuming. That goes yeah. do you donate the spent grain to local farms? Yeah, we've got a couple of dairy farms that we're uh, we donate yeah. to and uh they're if the truck doesn't show up they're on the phone wanting to know where it is because <laughs> over the years we I mean we're doing uh on a four or five batch day, we're probably generating ten plus thousand pounds of wow. of wet spent grain. Jeez. So, yeah. That's a, a big part of their uh, their protein. I can oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure any farmer's very excited yeah. to get that. Yeah. Sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, I really, I'm just. Uh, this is a great interview. I'm, I appreciate you doing this, especially kind of last minute for you. Um, Not a problem. Yeah. Erica, Ryan, do you guys have any more questions? Well, I was just going to say, over the years, not to take Ryan's question, but, like, education. I mean, how have you educated yourself, and is there anything that you still want to know? Oh, I, I'm, we're, we're all still learning. I mean, whoever thought you'd be throwing hops into a fermenter? I mean, when, <laughs> when the kids started doing that, I was like, you got to be out of your mind. You know? <laughs> but the coolest thing I've ever seen is when you put pellets. We, we, we're still pretty much predominantly open fermentation here as well. Oh, wow. And uh, we've got these beautiful 60-barrel tanks that came from Pabst down in Newark, New Jersey that we yep. modified. And 
you know, they're probably about eight foot in diameter and, you know, you get this beautiful croizen going on in there and then you add all these pellets to the, to the ferment and the yeast reacts in such a way that it, it, it looks like a brain. And, oh, and you see these lines that are hops. And, and, I, and I believe what's happening is, is the yeast can't take the acid from the hops. So it, it corrals it into these lines and ends up isolating it so that the rest of the yeast continues to, to propagate. Yeah. And uh, it, it is really, you know, one of these nature things that uh, it, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's just an incredible picture that we That's should take a cool. snap of and yeah, put it up yeah. on the wall. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, you know, we're, you know, we, if this were rocket science, I wouldn't be doing it. You know, <laughs> I, I can't put you a molecule of sugar on the board and tell you how it goes yeah. down, but I do know what happens in my kitchen. And right, I know what right. I can get out of different things. And uh, using that is, and the passion for beer has, has been how I've gone all these years. And, uh, you know, the, Noah's hanging out with a lot of the younger fellows, and, you know, they're all talking it up and learning from one another. So I, I think, you know, this industry is, is uh, going to be going on for quite some time. It's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. So Erica took my question, but I'm going <laughs> to counter that. So, yeah, usually I ask, like, what do you want to learn more about? But, like, someone who's been brewing for so long, like, what would be the one piece of information that you would pass down to someone younger? Sanitation. You know, cleanliness is next to beer godliness. And uh, if you're not keeping a clean house, you're not going to have good beer. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's interesting because we'll bring uh, probably a dozen different yeast strains into the brewery. Really? Throughout the year. Wow. And we're not worried. I mean, we haven't brought any of the total wild funky stuff. <laughs> You're not the sour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, we, we bring in, you know, the Bavarian strain for mm -hmm. our Oktoberfest and our Pilsner. And we do a Hefeweizen strain. And, you know, we're not afraid to, to bring something in and, and brew the seasonals and, right. you know, then move on to something else. So, That's awesome. Um, that is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Good. Any plans for barrel aging or or, or uh, so barrel souring? We, we've done a little bit here and there. It's kind of when, you know, r right now it, it, it's kind of coming out of chaos. I mean, we went from brewing, you know, 16 batches a week to, to one. Oh, and, uh, you know, then... We had all kinds of draft beer that was all fresh, and yeah. we were able to can that up and, and move that along. And who, you know, nobody knew what was going to happen, so we were kind of reluctant to to brew, brew a lot right of away. anything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, he Baker opened everything up, and uh, you know, things started changing again. And you know, it's it's trying to adjust on the fly right yeah. now to not run out of things, but yeah. not have too much. Yeah. Your base customers are local, so I'm guessing. Do you have a lot of regulars and and? Well, obviously, Western Mass yeah. is our backyard. When we started off, we all we wanted to do is be Western Mass's local brewery, <laughs> yep. and yeah. uh, you know, one thing led to another. So now we have a warehouse down around the Worcester area that we do all the way out to the Cape and the North Shore, where you guys are every week, and. Uh, at one point, we actually had a base in Rhode Island and Connecticut, uh, but with 
8,500 breweries, it, it just wasn't working out anymore. Yeah. So we, we shut those down, and now we're with distributors yeah. out that mm-hmm. way. And, you know, they do what they do. Yeah, um, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this today, Gary. We appreciate you kind of taking some time out of your day to do this. My pleasure. Um, we want to make sure people come to the brewery and 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 talk to you guys and, and get your beer because it's it's some of the best beer in Massachusetts in my opinion. Well, thank you. Um, and in this area, you, while I encourage you to come to to Berkshire Brewing and spend your time here, you don't just have to come to one brewery. You know, in our area, a lot of the times people say. Coming out to Western Mass is such a hike. Well, it's it's really not. It's an hour and a half. We've talked to breweries. It's not that long. And then you have we've like talked to breweries saying, in Texas who said the closest brewery is two hours yeah. away and people drive to it. So <laughs> there's like ten breweries in this area. You could easily make a day of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, worth it. But please make sure that one of your stops is at Berkshire Brewing because there's there's a ton of history and that beer that you might have had five or six years ago is still gonna taste as good as that. As, as, as that same beer, beer. Yeah. so like yeah. if you like that beer at one point you're still gonna like it because I, the attention to detail that you guys do with your beer it, it shows it shows yeah so i certainly appreciate that um uh where are you physically located so people are listening um and learning about the brewery for the first time we are at 12 railroad street in south deerfield yep and uh, we do have a website uh, which is just BerkshireBrewingCompany.com, yep. and uh, we are we have a small beer garden which will be closing in two weeks, and uh, unfortunately we're not going to be opening up our inside tap room until this uh, pandemic kind of goes away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we we feel that it, it's kind of going to be a cr- the first winter with this thing is going to be a learning experience for all of us. Yeah. So. Uh, for sure, yeah. but you guys will still be distributing throughout the state, and and you're in New Hampshire, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Vermont, Vermont, yeah, Maine, yeah, yep. yep. all over New England. Yep. So, yep. Um, and you can uh, the governor is now allowing us and all the other breweries to sell kegs directly from the brewery. So if you guys want, there you go, need a got, keg for the winter, <laughs> curbside delivery yeah. if you want beer to go. So yeah. uh, just call us up and we'll definitely. Yeah, well. I'm certainly like humbled just to even talk with you just about the history of beer in in our state because I think a lot of the times we see a ton of breweries opening and they want to be you hear oh we want to be the next Treehouse I want to be the next Trillium but in my opinion they should want to be the next Berkshire because you stand the you stand, stand the test of time, time. yep and yep. Uh, you know. Anytime we can highlight, you know, yourself or Todd, because you guys have been in the industry forever, and you're the true pioneers of the mass beer scene and making it what it has been today. And without you guys, I don't think we would have, would have the Trilliums, the Treehouse, you know. And uh, so thank you for all you've done for the mass beer scene so far and continue to do so. Well, thank you for all your lovely compliments. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll stand the test of another quarter of a century. So. Yeah. We, we have, believe in you. <laughs> we have one last question, and this one's the hardest one for some people. So, <laughs> We always like to ask, what are you most proud of? Uh, Berkshire as a whole, uh, the people that have worked here over the years, the people that are working here now, uh, we, we can stand up proud next to all the products we do and the way we, we like I said, it, it's 
all about the beer, but beer's nothing without people, and, and that is really the key. Yeah. So thank you for your time, and thank you for all you folks out there who uh, give beer a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. That's right. My girlfriend should fans. listen to you say that because she's still <laughs> trying to give beer a chance. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find one for her one day. Thank you for doing this. We really appreciate it, and, you know, Again, thank you for everything you've done for the mass beer scene because without you and and, and, and so many others that I'm, I'm sure I haven't mentioned, you know, we wouldn't have some of the breweries that we have in this area because you did something that people looked at you and said, you're crazy. And I think sometimes the, the no. crazy, <laughs> I, but I think sometimes the crazy individuals who are willing to take that risk are the smartest and most successful sometimes, so... Well, yeah. as we used to say, things are looking up. <laughs> so cheers. 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 All right. Thank you for listening all the way through to this outro. We know that people out there in podcast land are listening all the way through. Thanks to our friends over at Chartable who are charting all of this and we can see our consumption rate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, we really do appreciate it. We want to let our listeners know that we are launching a Patreon. Yes. So our Patreon is www.patreon.com Roots Podcast because I tried to start a Brew Roots Patreon months ago. I can't get back in. Passwords. Lols. Lols. Uh, yeah, but seriously, uh, go on there. We have a couple options. So like $5, buy us a beer. Like straight up, if you like what we're doing, help us out um, because we are continuing to get some cool podcasts and we're hoping once this corona stuff's over, we can do some traveling and see some cool breweries across the country. And the only way we're really going to be able to do that is if we continue to have the support from our awesome listeners. Agreed. So wait until next week because we have a hell of an episode for you. Yeah, it's going to be uh, something... Sustainable. Yeah, very sustainable. That's what we're supposed to do this week. But uh, we felt that this needed to be released first. That's so. correct. So without further ado, Sound Guy Ryan... Cheers. Cheers.